All right, Thursday edition getting underway. It's nice out there, 43 degrees right now. It might get up to 50 today. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't like the uh, supreme uh, bad weather conditions. Supreme's a bad word. The horrible bad weather winter conditions, which we were experiencing, of course, over the weekend and uh, through, well, basically Tuesday. But uh, it's warming up a little bit. That's good. Parker Thune, how we doing? I can't complain, Steely. Yeah, I can't either. I am pretty happy with the weather right now. All right. Uh, Sooners beat West Virginia last night, 77-63. to 63. Missed a lot of shots in the first half. Still had a five uh, four-point lead. Outscored the Mountaineers by 10 in the second half. They go on to Cincinnati for a noon game on Saturday. How about uh, UCF over Texas? Some interesting postgame stuff there. We'll get into <laughs> a little bit later on. Rodney Terry, what are you doing, man? Come on. Soft, soft, soft. Houston beat Texas Tech uh, in Houston last night. We have the Thunder and the Jazz tonight, 8 o'clock. And it looks like the uh, Bally Sports app is going away, which is really, really, really good news because it's the worst app in the history of apps, I think. That's saying a lot, Steely. It is. Yeah, because some, do you some... remember the Flappy Bird fiasco of 2014? I do remember the Flappy Bird yeah. fiasco, yes. That, that was such a bad app, at least in the minds of the general public, that the guy who created it, Deleted it. Yeah. So to say that the Bally Sports app is the worst app in the history of apps, that's saying a lot because the bar is high. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, NFL playoffs this weekend. We're thinking about Tampa Bay and the Lions. We're going to hear from Baker Mayfield. We're going to hear from Dan Campbell. We've got uh, games on Saturday. Texans at the Ravens, Green Bay at the 49ers at night. Sunday, 2 o'clock on NBC, the Bucks and Detroits. And then we have the Chiefs and the Bills to wrap up the divisional weekend, 5.30 on CBS Sunday. All right, I want to start today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about OU's approach to the portal and NIL and I want to talk, uh, again, any portal reports we have brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction, BrentSwift.com. You can call them at 405-831-8222. But uh, your boy, Dean Blevins, just tweeted out. I want to get oh, your reaction. Did? Yeah, here it is. Here we go. And look, I want to preface this. I like Dean. Dean's given me some breaks in my career. He's a fellow Norman Tiger. I just want to get your reaction because I know Dean gets some blowback on social media. And I don't think you've done make it a quote yet. But it says, Oklahoma has good football coaches, but these repeatedly loud assertions from local mouthpieces that subpar NIL funding isn't that big a deal because of, quote-unquote, OU tradition and its ability to develop young players for better NFL opportunities is more sycophant gibberish. Blow that smoke somewhere else. Competing in the SEC now and regularly recruiting and playing against the Georgias, Bamas, and LSUs of the world, studs say they want to play now and get paid now in reverse order. Let's see where the avalanche of new Alabama portal defectors end up and where they don't. Talk about SEC-ready players. Some of these elite linemen would be more valuable gets for the Sooners now than five-star backs. Wise veteran coaches who have comprehensive grasps of, grasps of what's needed for player retention, NIL machinations, and the intricacies of the transfer portal are invaluable, have substantial advantages over most young and or first-time head coaches. That's Dean. Basically saying, if we're, if we're on the air, if anybody's on the air saying, yeah, well, don't worry about the NIL, Oklahoma's approach is – 
you know, it's uh, relational over transactional, this and that. Sounds like Dean's saying, you know what? That's That may not be the answer moving forward. <sighs> what say you, Parker Thune? You're a local mouthpiece sycophant. <laughs> Apparently so, yes. Local mouthpiece sycophant. Check every single box there. Yeah. That's me. It's as if that tweet was written specifically for me. But no, in all seriousness. I mean, we had this conversation yesterday, didn't we? The schools that have doled out big money for recruits and transfers have not won. They have not. And you know what? It, gosh, there's a million different directions. Is there an exception? Like, is, first off, is Oregon like an exception? Maybe. Well, you're talking about what you're dealing Miami with. Miami and A&M mainly, correct? Yes. It, Oregon is different because you have some schools that will just outright buy players. Miami, Texas A&M etc. Oregon is in a unique situation because we've talked about this before, but one of the things that Oklahoma does that not every school does is that they actually make NIL payments to every single football player on the roster. Everybody gets a cut. It's not just the all-conference dudes or the starters. No, every single football player in that locker room gets NIL payments. And that is not unique across the landscape of college football, but still uncommon. There aren't a lot of schools that do it that way. And so Oregon, because of its relationship with Phil Knight and Nike, and because of the limitless money that they have at their disposal, basically what they have is a much higher operating budget than everyone else. So I – and where – where you make that distinction between Oregon and Texas A&M is that Texas A&M will break the bank or has broken the bank in the past to bring in a single player. Oregon doesn't do that. They're like, oh, we want – they're not like, oh, we want this player. We're going to allocate this much money. No, they just naturally have more of it. They have a lot to recruit to as it is up there in Eugene. And then when all those guys get there – you know, they're, uh, odds are they're making more money on average than their peers at other institutions. And that's fine. Like, not all, not all universities, not all programs have equal resources. And Oregon is very fortuitous in that department. Now, here's what I want to emphasize. And I kind of touched on it just a second ago. But the schools that embrace bag culture, if you will, Steely, are not the schools that are winning, at least not meaningfully, at least not in a national championship sense. Do we have and, a big enough sample size yet to determine that? I mean, we do so not. far, you're right. And guess what? What matters the most, what will always matter the most, is coaching. The two programs that have elevated themselves above the rest in college football over the last few years are Alabama and Georgia. What is the common denominator between those two programs? Nick the common Saban. denominator is that top to mm-hmm. bottom, they have two excellent head coaches, but top to bottom, their coaching staffs are absolutely loaded with some of the best in the profession. And, and there is no Kirby Smart, obviously uh, a protege of Nick Saban, being his defensive coordinator, so he knew, knew that system inside and out and can, has kind of replicated that at Georgia, obviously. And moreover, I think what you see right now 
and what you have seen over the last few months, a school like Washington, Steely, does not make the national championship absent elite top-tier coaching. Kalen DeBoer is really good at his job, and he knows how to surround himself with people who are really good at their jobs. That is why Washington just played for a national championship. It is not because they had an absurd blue-chip ratio. It is not because they shelled out money here and money there for acquisitions via the transfer portal and the recruiting trail. No, Washington played for a national title in Kalen DeBoer's second year as head coach up in Seattle because they were coached well. They were, and they also kept Michael Penix uh, Jr. healthy. They had a great core of wide receivers, but they were coached well. Uh, interesting, already getting uh, some back and forth on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, the first one that came in from the 918 said that was spot on correct, and we got one Cherokee Sooner. Dean can blow that smoke up his derriere. <laughs> and then somebody's saying, Dean, drop your mill by the uh, OUNIL office today. So it was interesting just to see because there there are definitely some people that think, all right, like I like the relationships and building a culture too, but you know what? I also am a little bit um, leery of jumping headfirst into the NIL ocean. Maybe you wade out waist deep at first. I don't know. Okay. Let, like, can I just point out the fact that Oklahoma – signed, what, the number seven class in the nation in the 2024 cycle, Steely. How many of those kids did Oklahoma bag? Heck, the OU football social media team just released a video today. I don't know if you saw it on your Twitter feed, but it's family, yeah, the, family, the, the parents yeah. of the signees talking yep. about why OU makes the most sense for their kids. They signed 27 scholarship players in December, and all of those 27 – Signed with Oklahoma for the right reasons. And those 27 combined to represent the number seven recruiting class in the entire country. So, tell me what's not working for Oklahoma right now. They want to see Bama players come to Oklahoma. They're seeing, you know, Texas get some Bama players. They're, they're, uh, they're a little bit leery of, uh, and again, a lot of this, a lot of this, I believe, is, you know, just um, a little bit of paranoia from OU fans. Uh, it's paranoia, you know? no doubt. And it happens every single because And some of this is numbers with OU with who they brought in the portal already, right? Do you remember who cleaned house in the transfer portal last, last offseason, Steely? It was Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How'd that turn out for him? Right, so like, yeah, the national championship doesn't get awarded in January. And so... Be alarmed with Oklahoma's transfer portal hall if you so desire, but let's not rush to make judgments on how competitive Oklahoma is going to be in 2024 relative to other programs based solely on what they're accomplishing or what they have accomplished in the portal. There you go. All right. Uh, Last Year Home Comfort Systems brings you hour number one, 405-579-3113. All your heating and air needs, you need those addressed by a great company. Last Year Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Johnny says, I'm cutting you off. I'm not letting you finish speaking. Oh, I John, don't feel that way. Well, Johnny, here's the deal. We we can't just go on long filibusters. We've still got a like a time clock and everything. So we're trying to move the conversation along, Johnny. All right, I'm just saying. Parker's getting his due time. 
let the old man jump in every now and then. Jeez, that is elder abuse is what that is, elder <laughs> abuse. All right, stay with us. Coming back, we got a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, Rodney Terry, by the way, we got to play that when we get back. Then go to the text line. Keep it here. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the uh, Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. This has got to be our ortho central clip of the day. Many of you have heard it already, but just in case you haven't, now I want to react to it. So UCF goes into Austin last night. Texas had a 16-point lead and blew it. Longhorns lose at home to uh, UCF. Texas is up 12 at the half, and they lose the game 77-71. Longhorns have given up the home floor twice so far in Big 12 play. They are 1-3. and three. UCF, man. Like they showed up to the Big 12, and we're like, okay, let's play ball. Taking down Kansas already. They were down 16 in that game in the first half, rallying to win. Down 16 last night as well, rallying to beat the Longhorns. But you saw the video of uh, Rodney Terry. Telling some of the UCF players, you know, it's classless, don't do that, putting the horns down, going through the handshake line. Here's what he said in the postgame. You know, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line. I'm proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that, you know. We expect to win. We don't jump up and down like like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that, you know. So that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know you don't do that, you know. You guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you, but we're not gonna let you act that way in our building. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna put your horns down and do all that nonsense. So soft. <laughs> Win the game on your home court against UCF. Here's another thing I don't like: coaches. From another team trying to coach players on another team. You're not the head coach at UCF. You want to talk about that in the postgame or whatever, but going through the handshake line, it's kind of like uh, Nate Oates the other night when he pushed that Missouri player. You're not the coach of the Missouri Tigers. You're the coach at Alabama. And again, Rodney Terry, you're the head coach at the University of Texas. You don't coach the guys at UCF. All right. Isn't so soft, man. And if you're the University of like, Texas, Parker, what every time you see horns down because it's become a universal thing almost, what do you think of? University of Texas, right? Uh-huh. It's not a bad thing. And they keep whining about it all the time. So soft. And it will not be a penalty, by the way, in the SEC because you know why? There are no crybabies in the SEC. Yeah, and guess what? They, I hear so many Texas – fans and you see it all the time on social media horns down doesn't bother us and then something like this happens like okay well clearly it does bother you and you know what nobody would do it if it actually didn't bother you you know and there's no gratification in that you're right and the other thing one of the things i hate the most on social media among many things is that 
you know, whether you say something about Missouri or whatever or USC, what is the generic, typical robot response from people when that happens? Like if you say something about USC football or mid-zoo, what do you normally get back? What's the one response that you see? Rent-free. <laughs> All the time, right? All these followers just have nothing better. Just rent-free, you know. Um, but in this situation, it is rent-free. The University of Texas is in your head if you're doing that all the time. Now, if you're a Sooner fan, you're going to do that because that's what you do. But Texas is so butthurt by this all the time because they are soft. And again, in the SEC, guess what? Wait till you see what happens there, man. And again, no penalty flags. You'll get the insecurity beat out of you real quick in the SEC. That's right. All right, 405-65. By the way, that's our Ortho Central clips of the uh, clip of the day. Norman Midwest City, Ortho Central locations for a long time now. Also serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Their full-service clinics do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Knippel Meyer, Chevrolet Text Line, 405-651-3439. Shark says... Texas players, coaches, administrators, fans, etc., are a bunch of winebag, self-righteous, entitled T-sippers, horns down. That is why they've been called the T-sips or the sips for a long time, right? I think that nailed it right there, Shark. K-Dub in the 918 says, that dude is in his feelings about horns down more than OU fans are about the portal. That's true, <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> that's true. 214 listener says Texas won't be able to handle the SEC. Way too soft. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. But, uh, again, if I'm the University of Texas, to me that's almost like a free, cheap advertisement every time Horns Down appears on TV. Yet, you know, so many people whine about it. It's weak. And, again, Rodney Terry is not the head coach at UCF. So, and I, I don't know what Johnny Dawkins said, if he said, you know, anything about that. We would have heard it if he did. But I don't know. I don't like coaches from other schools coaching my team on what to do in the handshake line. A 918 listener says, that's hypocritical. Texas talking about being classless when they have OU sucks in their fight song. LOL. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. I like that. You know what a real easy way to have averted this whole situation would have been? Don't blow a 16-point lead on your home floor. Yes. Hold serve at home, man. That's what you need to do. That's what the Sooners did last night. And they didn't have a great offensive first half, but they buckled down in the second half, one by 14. We'll see if they can get that win at Cincinnati at noon on uh, Saturday. That would be nice because then you come home for two straight against the Longhorns. And Texas Tech uh, next week. Chapstick says, these Texas fools are just calling for more of this. Can't wait till they get to the SEC and everyone does it. And yes, coaching the other team's kids is forbidden. And in my world, may get you a beaten for it. Not something you do. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think it's cool at all. Uh, 402 says, uh, new leader for Dumbass Clip of the Week. I would say that there's a good chance that. Yeah, it's probably neck and neck between that and the. Frigid temperatures question to Todd Bowles. Yeah, I think we've got co-dumbass clip of the weeks, yes. Coach, are you preparing your team for the weather in Detroit? You know they're in a dome, right? <laughs> oh, This listener in the 405 says, if Texas's coach wouldn't have said anything, most of us wouldn't even have known they put horns down. 
Yeah, again, yeah. it only becomes an issue in the public eye when you make a stink about it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't handled well, I didn't think, by Rodney Terry at all. And overall, you know, they've disappointed so far. They have certainly been one and three and uh, given up the home floor again in conference play. You know, he was put in that situation after what happened with Chris Beard, uh, you know, last year overall. But that's a low light right there for Rodney Terry. All right, 405-651-3439. Reno Goat says, did you see where the previously mentioned Jerry Granville from a couple days ago is now the defensive coordinator of Southwestern Oklahoma State? That's Jerry Glanville, former head coach of the Houston Oilers and Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he's like 83. Is and he going to really? go be the defensive coordinator wow, at Northwest Oklahoma that. State in Alva, America? And we did talk about Jerry Glanville. Was it this week or late last week? Because he was a he was a piece of work. He used to leave tickets for Elvis at every game. Was that the day we ran the Houston Oilers fight song? I think it was, yeah. And he was Brett Favre's coach in Atlanta before Brett Favre ended up in Green Bay. So, All right, uh, time for just a couple more. Turnbow OKC okay, so says... All this just goes to show how many fans across the nation hate Texas. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you've got a, you know, a hand gesture like that, that can be easily flipped, that helps as well. But, you know, it's not like you can do the TCU one or what are some other hand gestures? Well, USC's, I guess you could do the upside down V for victory thing. But Yeah, well, like, I truly don't think – horns down would even because like i'm sure somebody some baylor fan has probably put frogs down at some point but it didn't become a thing because no one cared that's right horns down only became a thing only became a cultural staple in college athletics because texas raised a fuss about it yeah that's right they've created their own nightmare and they keep uh, adding fuel to the fire rodney terry did that last night all right break time right here mike steely parker thune with you on this thursday edition of steel man and thune here on the ref mike mccarthy is coming back <laughs> what are you doing jerry jones i forget who what tweeted are it. you I, doing i was going to bed last night and i saw a great tweet and the tweet was something along the lines of, you've never seen a coach as pre-fired as Mike McCarthy <laughs> is in 2024. All right. A little bit of – it's overblown, but there's a little bit of Baker controversy going on uh, with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We'll get into that coming back and hear what Dan Campbell has to say about Baker. Not what you've heard previously. This is another one. We'll have that next year on The Ref. All right, NFL uh, divisional playoffs coming up this weekend. We start Saturday, Texans at the Ravens, 3.30 on ABC and ESPN. Evening game Saturday, Green Bay at the 49ers. Ravens and the 49ers, heavy favorites in their matchups. Sunday, Baker and the Lions play at 2 o'clock on NBC. Six-and-a-half point underdog to Detroit. And then we wrap up the divisional round uh, Sunday, 5.30, the Chiefs at the Bills. Buffalo, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Now, as for the Tampa Bay Lions matchup, remember the Lions beat the Bucs at Tampa. uh, 20-6, I believe, was the final. They won by a couple touchdowns. And uh, Dan Campbell's done a great, great, great job with Detroit. Great story. But Baker Mayfield's uh, redemptive year is also a great story. And the Buccaneers, based on where they were picked, you know, to go nowhere this season, it's also a very good story as well. Let's they, were, uh, 
<laughs> they were Before nowhere. the season, they were uh, they were getting the uh, Caleb Williams mock draft pick. Yeah, number one That's overall. Right. Well, and uh, again, Baker had a presser uh, yesterday afternoon. This is Baker talking about uh, the ride this season with Tampa Bay and getting ready to go on the road and play Detroit. It's been great. Um, obviously, backs against the wall, kind of like I mentioned uh, after the game. Uh, just the, the stretch that, and the run that we had to go on, it makes it even more enjoyable to get to the point where we're at right now. But um, like I mentioned as well, it's, we're happy, but we're not satisfied. We've got bigger goals, and so got to keep working. What's the, the rowdiest environment? you've ever played in, and of course, you know, going to Detroit, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have to prepare for yeah. a crazy crowd that was coming to Yeah, um, for me, Minnesota is always a great environment, um, but playing in Kansas City during the playoffs was great as well, but just talking to some of those Rams guys, they said it was the loudest thing they've ever heard, so we got to be completely ready for that. Um, it just comes down to Everybody knowing exactly what our game plan is, all the calls to and from, because there there could be certain times that they might not hear certain things. They might have to plug and play some of the words. Um, so just everybody doing the mental work to get get prepped for that. But it shouldn't be a surprise to us. It, it's going to be a great atmosphere. There you go. All right. And the comments of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the Lions defensive back, and a little uh, pre-matchup trash talk. Quotes, if you give Tampa Bay a good quarterback, that's a great group. Talking about Tampa's wide receivers. He mentions Mike, Mike Evans, Chris, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. That's a great group. But he also threw in, if you give Tampa Bay a good quarterback, that really is a great group. So, Baker Mayfield, of course, yesterday was asked about the comments from C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I don't think he's really watched film. Because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage, you know we love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap all year for us. Um, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about. But he didn't play our first game, so I'm excited to see him. I think he's a really good player. Um, he has been for a while, and he's been an impactful guy on every team he's been on. So he, he's uh, he's a good player, but yeah, he's got to do a little bit more film study. There you go. <laughs> Good player. Just got to do a little bit more for that. That was, was kind of high road Baker, but not completely high road Baker. Yeah, I, that was. I thought it was a good response. I'm going to take the high road, but I'm going to slide an underhanded jab at you in that's the process. That's right. That's right. I like it. All right. Dan Campbell talking about Baker Mayfield. And here's what he said about the uh, Bucks quarterback and how he's played for Tampa this season. Baker is a tough football player. You know, he is. He's mentally tough. Um, sometimes to a fault, he's physically tough because he'll just take off running. He won't go down to a knee, won't slide. Um, but I think right now what he's doing really well is, man, he is, he is able to just move this offense efficiently. Uh, he's playing his reads, playing the keys. He is not turning the football over. And, and that, with their run game and defense, is giving them a chance to win games. There you go. Dan Campbell. Hit it on the head right there. Baker is uh, not trying to make, you know, does he force a couple balls every now and then? Maybe, but not nearly as much as he did earlier in his career. And, uh, you know, he had the perfect quarterback rating at Lambeau earlier this year when they went to Green Bay and beat the Packers. And I thought it was an outstanding game for Baker the other night. Now, look, a lot of his yardage was, the you know, the yak yards, the yards after catch, because the Eagles secondary couldn't tackle me. Uh, right now, as bad as they were, but we also that, he threw the football pretty well, though, man. Including Mike Evans, as great as Mike Evans is, probably a gold coat guy, particularly Definitely a gold coat guy, for, particularly for a former Texas A&M Aggie. 
He's had a great career, but Gosh, man, he man. has also dropped some passes this year. I until Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl in February of 2021, I had never been happier as a Bucks fan than the day that they drafted Mike Evans because it was very easy to tell that dude had a potential Gold Coast yeah. future, and he's lived up to the billing. Man, ten straight 1,000 yard seasons has never had a year in the NFL where he hasn't eclipsed the 1,000-yard barrier. And he's had to deal with some pretty crappy quarterback play at times in his career. But he's got a guy in Baker Mayfield now that can get him the ball downfield. Not that Tom Brady couldn't. Tom Brady certainly could. But Baker Mayfield, man, even even though you had three years of Tom in Tampa Bay, Baker is a far cry from the Jameis Winstons and Micah Glennons and Ryan Fitzpatricks of the world. So that pairing has been fun to watch. Uh yeah, man, I – Jeff and OKC on the text line said, did any of the reporters ask Baker about how he will handle the cold weather in Detroit? <laughs> so good. Can we pull that up from yesterday again? Okay. Just in case they haven't heard it, there was a reporter who uh, asked Todd Bowles this question earlier in the week about going to play in Detroit. Looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and... We only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. I believe it was Parker Thune who said yesterday, that's why you don't let, quote, some broad into a press conference. Oh, gosh. Don't try to get me canceled, Steely. (laughs) If you're a reporter there and you're hearing that, because that was a little bit, the, the question was about 25 seconds. Are you looking over doing the, you know, cut? The, the the gesture where you're going to your throat like no don't don't do it don't ask or do you just let it play out obviously they let it play out but would you have been doing the wave like that oh, no don't do sometimes it sometimes those those situations will happen where like you're watching you're watching it unfold in real time and you you literally can't help but physically cringe like i remember i, I want to say this was yeah fall of 2022 we were out there in a scrum on the practice field at the illustrious University of Oklahoma, and <laughs> two of the interview subjects that we were set to receive that particular afternoon were David Aguebu and Justin Harrington, mm-hmm. and a reporter who shall remain nameless. Walk, like David Aguebu walks up, and this reporter, who again shall remain nameless starts asking David Aguebu a question for Justin Harrington. Asks him, Justin, you know, it's been a long road back. And, like, this question ends up rolling off for, like, 20 or 30 seconds before David, and he's, like, glancing around at the rest of us going, you all heard that too, right? <laughs> like, we're all, we're all sharing this experience together. And <laughs> at a certain point, he just cuts off the question and goes, I'm, I'm David, not Justin. Wow. Can we guess the reporter? Play guess the reporter on the text line? (laughs) 
I have no doubt that the text line will arrive on the correct answer within seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, if you'd like to guess the reporter, 405-651-3439. You will get- Which reporter misidentified David Aguebu as Justin Harrington? Coming in three, two, one. Who will win the award here? Slim Brady's taking a shot. Slim Brady is in. It, it, it's you know it's one of two guys, right? Like everybody kind of realizes it's one of two guys. It's either it's a very good guess, Slim Brady, but no, incorrect. It's not Barry Twamel. Yeah, okay. We got several winners. Santa John <laughs> and Jay in Tulsa arrive at the correct answer, and they get shout-outs for a job well done by a member of the Ref Army. Special accommodation today for those particular texters. Very nice. So, anyway, okay. Let's uh, move on. All right. Uh, 405-65. Helen Keller. Come on, man. Freaking Sooner. All right, uh, let's take a break right here. Yeah, there were mainly two guesses coming in. All right, break time. Thank you again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tax Line. You guys are doing a great job again today. We appreciate it very much. Thanks again to Tim Lasher, 405-579-3113 for Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Coming right back on the ref. We could only tell some of these stories that we tell off the air in the uh, control room. Oh, man. With everybody laughing, it would, they would be legendary. Life we, is a sitcom sometimes. We could, we could have a sitcom based on just people in radio. And it might be as big as Seinfeld, perhaps. Some funny stuff. All right, Riverwind Casino, today's a big day. Get out there and play with your wild card. And take part in the first down in Neon Town promotion. Today's the last day to play on those specific gaming machines. Uh, and they have signage all around the machines you need to play. And why do you need to play these machines? Because you're trying to get in the top five patrons who earn the most points on their wild cards on these specific gaming machines in the first down in Neon Town promotion because the top five point earners, the top five, Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five winners are going to win a trip to the 2024 Super Bowl in Vegas. You're going to get game tickets. You're going to get airfare. You're going to get your hotel, ground transportation, plus $1,000 in cash. That's how Riverwind rolls, ladies and gentlemen. Five trips to the Super Bowl in the first down in Neon Town promotion. Get out there. Play with your wild card today. You know what? Like Alec Baldwin said in uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. Always be closing. A, always B, B, C, closing. If you've been playing in this promotion, today's the day to get out there and close. Play with your wild card, and maybe you'll be one of the five winners of the uh, trips to the Super Bowl in Vegas. Again, with your tickets, your airfare, your hotel taken care of, ground transportation taken care of, and $1,000 in cash. Only from our friends at Riverwind Casino, the best casino experience in the metro area. All right, 405 Six five one thirty four thirty nine. WKRP and News Radio say hello. Says Large William. We have enough stories though to uh, to also have no a joke, very man. successful. Like I, 
I feel like I have lived a lifetime in this market, and I'm just shy of four years on a full-time basis. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how many stories I'm going to have by the time I'm 50, 60 years old. Ancient like me is what you're saying? Exactly. Pretty much, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've been around for a lot of these. I WKRP was great, by the way. I didn't watch a lot of, uh, was it News Radio? Was that the other one he mentioned? But I heard that one was pretty good, too. But WKRP was uh, was a go-to back in the day. Okay, 405-651-3439. Uh, next hour, I want to talk a little more about the portal. I also want to talk about the 2025 class because uh, the Sooners may be done in the portal. Lance Heard, still no word, right? No word on Heard. But the word that most people still think is Tennessee, right? Yes, Tennessee is the word. For herd, as why of, is it taking so dadgum long? I don't know. It's annoying, and not be like obviously no one has any expectations at this point. But just it, once he commits, at that point you can officially move on, and yeah. he hasn't committed yet. There go roll you again, there, bro. I ain't gonna spend any nil dollars at all. Probably getting him a gift card somewhere or something like that, and that's all they're offering up. Here's a dip. <laughs> Here's a gift card to Del Rancho for a steak sandwich. Meanwhile, Tennessee's giving him like $300,000 or something. Nothing wrong with a good steak sandwich supreme at Del Rancho. Have you ever had one, by the way? Del Rancho, I still have never patronized. Steak that is sandwich supreme. I've heard conflicting things on Del Rancho because this There's like no conflicting. I've pretty much eaten at every Oklahoma establishment, every iconic Oklahoma establishment in the OKC area at this point, except for Del Rancho. That is the one that I have held out on, and not even really intentionally. It's just. You know, if you're going to try a new place, you kind of have to make the conscious effort to go out of your way to try a new place. You're right? going to have to go make an effort to get over there in the next couple of weeks and give me a review. Really? Just the Steak Sandwich Supreme. That's steak all Steak Sandwich Supreme. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty okay. good. All right, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. This 918 listener says, another whiff by Biedenbow. I get I will never understand this, and I don't know how to talk reason into these people. Are you under the impression that Bill Biedenbow writes the checks? And are you under the impression that Zalance Hurd is on the precipice of committing to Tennessee because he believes Tennessee offers him a better developmental opportunity than Oklahoma? And I, I will get the critique from people on occasion— Well, so basically what you're saying is when it comes to recruiting offensive linemen, if they come to Oklahoma, it's because of Bill Biedenboe, and if they don't come to Oklahoma, then Biedenboe deserves 0% of the blame. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Because especially in the portal, guys who want to get developed, not every single player who who has a legitimate desire to get developed towards a future in the NFL, and that's the priority for them. Not every single one of those players is going to end up at Oklahoma. But it's pretty obvious where the hairs get split for a guy like Zalance Hurd if the schools in contention are Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. So you're saying is Bill Biedenboe like the guy that wants a really, really expensive automobile, but he's got to wait on the financing to see if he's approved yet? 
Is that kind of how it works? And it's like, Bill, yep. we love you, man. You've got great credit here, but this is a little too much. All right? Sorry, but... I mean, what do they expect him to give up his house at Grand Lake to one of these kids or something? Or I don't know. Bill Beatenbow, did he stick around? Yes, he did. Did he say he loves the state of Oklahoma and being at Oklahoma? He did. Did he say, hell yes, I've got a house at Grand Lake too. That's how much I love it. Yes, he did. But anyway, we'll see what's going to happen. Gravy fries at Del Rancho? I've never had those. They sound pretty good, though. Might have to try those. This 918 listener disagrees. He says, Del Rancho is pretty bad, dude. And if you see me, you'll know I'm not a model of healthy eating. I'm just talking about the Steak Sandwich Supreme. The last time I had one, it's been a couple years, but it was still really good. Okay, here's what we'll do. You come in here, you run the board and host the show. And I will call in on the phone line. I will make the trip to Del Rancho right now and give you a live report on air. No deal. Steely don't know which buttons to push. I mean, back if I was a little bit younger, I would take you up in that deal. But I'm easily confused now, so I'd be, what? How does this work? You know. I think I do fairly well with the new technology, but I don't know that I could just jump over there and run the board. What did this board look like when you were running it? Well, the old one was out back here really? in, the, in the break room for a while. It might still be there. It, it looked like something that, uh, you know, like Thomas Edison would have, used or something way back when mac brown was probably the nicest guy who ever stepped in that half of the studio over there believe it or not he always asked how you're doing in school and all that stuff that's nice i know mac had one ear at ou and people turned on him after the troy aikman debacle at kansas Somewhat. All right, we got to get out of here. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We have another hour to go. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Jumping straight into hour number two on this Thursday. It's Mike Steely along with Parker Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ref Radio Network. Hour number two presented by Oklahoma Generator. Check them out online at okgen.com, or you can call them at 405-321-6631. They're Oklahoma's highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer, and uh, we just went through a you know pretty bad winter situation, but we didn't get it like an ice storm or anything. So not many people, if any, that I heard lost power, at least in this area. But, old man, winter's not through yet. Not yet. So if you don't have a good generator and you want a better one, or if you just don't have one, period, Oklahoma Generator, 405-321-6631. Sooners protect the home floor last night at the LNC. Looked like a kind of a disappointing crowd at the LNC last night. Imagine that. Mm. Two straight losses, yeah, and the fair weather fans are back at home. But uh, in Oklahoma, didn't shoot the ball really well in the first half, but it was a great night, I thought, for Jalen Moore, who had 16 points and five boards, a very convenient line score from the field. 7-11, 7 of 11 from the field for Jalen Moore. 13 each for JBM McCollum and Rivaldo Soares. 12 for Otega Owe. The Sooners had a four-point lead at the half. They outscored uh, West Virginia 
48-38 in the second half. Oklahoma goes to 14-3 and and 2-2 two and two in the league with a victory over the Mountaineers. Let's hear from Porter Moser uh, on the postgame with T. Rowe talking about the West Virginia win last night. We needed to bounce back. And uh, I thought our defense, you know, really kept us in the first half. We were missing a ton of shots. Otega was on a rare 0 for 8. Um, we missed some good open looks. A lot of guys did. And, and to, to be up at half, we told the guys, is because we guarded. And then uh, I thought we guarded the last five minutes. I think they scored like 15 points, but they were with five minutes to go. They were in the 40s still. 26 from your bench, 26 points from your bench. So that was uh, that was good. Pretty good, no doubt. Here is Porter talking about the road matchup that the Sooners are facing coming up this Saturday against the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, we're going on the road this weekend to Cincy. They're really really tough. We just watched them beat TCU, and um, they've gone into BYU and won. And so they're they're just really physical. And um, so we got a quick turnaround. They they didn't play tonight, and I, I hate that about the scheduling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just to get an extra. That's a whole other, it's a whole other topic for me with the, with this. But um, um, we got to be ready. We got to turn around a quick turnaround and go to Cincy, and it gives us an opportunity. And then uh, coming back, I just hope people keep filling this thing. It just makes a difference. The people that were here were great. We can do better. We can fill this thing up. Yep. And uh, we need to do that. But the people that were here were totally engaged, and they were great. There you go. So if the Sooners could get this win at Cincinnati coming up this weekend, and that's going to be a tough one. Obviously, road games in the Big 12, there are very few breaks. Stillwater might be a break for most teams. For Oklahoma, it'll be a little bit challenging just because of, uh, you know, Bedlam. But if they could get this, then they have two home games coming up next week. Longhorns on Tuesday night, I believe. Yeah, next Tuesday. And then Texas Tech coming up Saturday, January 27th. So if you can get this win on the road, you go to 3-2, and two, and then you protect your home floor. All of a sudden, you're 5-2 and two in the league, and that looks pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right, 405-651-3439. Speaking of the Longhorns, mm-hmm. scrolling through my Twitter feed, and obviously everybody is ratioing Rodney Terry's comments last night into oblivion, as they should. This is a great tweet from a Twitter user named Antifaldo, which is a portmanteau of Antifa and Nick Faldo's last name. <laughs> LSU fans ritualistically eat alligators every year. An Alabama fan poisoned Auburn's trees. Georgia fans bark at children. Tennessee fans throw golf balls onto the field. Arkansas fans use the Freedom of Information Act on their own coach. Are we sure Texas is ready for this? They're they're fairly soft. There's no doubt that fan base, fairly soft. And obviously Rodney Terry certainly looked pretty soft as well. No doubt. By the way, if you get is it possible to get ratioed by stupid people? Yes, you, you know what I'm saying. That's, you call that's one that, of those ratios that you're proud of. Though. Yes, that's what I'm saying because there's some idiots out there that you could tweet something and a bunch of morons could ratio you. Yeah, for instance, there's this small circle of what I assume to be OU students because every so often I'll get thrown in a Twitter group chat with them where they're talking about how much they hate everything associated with the OU football program and also their engineering exam coming up, Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, there's that small circle of fans that exists on social media. I don't know why they make it their mission solely to tweet negative things about OU football, but if I tweet something and I see all of those usual suspects in my mentions, you're a moron. How could you possibly say this and believe it? That's how I know it's a good tweet. 
Okay, good. Well, I, I, I tweeted something. This has been a long, long time ago in a galaxy very far away, but I had tweeted something, and I got ratioed by a bunch of people that probably didn't last past, like, eighth grade. But they were all talking about, how oh, I'd just been ratioed. And, it, you know, every sentence was full of grammatical errors, and they were just absolute morons. So I was thinking, you know what, this is this is good because I don't think you can get ratioed by stupid people. That's called a badge of honor is what it is. Right? That's the way I look at it anyway. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's do it. Chapstick says, I was at that game. Once the Sooners started hitting shots, it was fun to watch. And then the refs showed up in the second half and made the game almost unwatchable. Seriously, like eight total fouls in the first half, 30-ish in the second half. The students were awesome. I hope they sing I'll Be Working on the Railroad the entire <laughs> game next Tuesday. They did do a nice version of Country Roads last night, right? They did. Yeah. Well done on their part. What a great song that is, by the way. Poor John Denver, man. He should have never gotten his pilot's license. Mountaineer Steely out here. That's right. That's the next thing it's going to be. 405-651-3439. On the topic of NIL, KW918 says, Not mad at the coaches at all. I'm more frustrated. We waste our time pursuing all the top-notch players if we're not willing to do the things others are to land them. Well, okay, KW, first off, you're not wasting any time. The coaches are the ones that are spending their time to try and reel in XYZ prospect out of the transfer portal. And with as busy as they are, I hardly think they would pursue a player if they viewed it as wasted time, right? And guess what? They didn't get Terrence Ferguson. They're probably not going to get Zalance Hurd. They're not going to bemoan the fact that they, quote-unquote, wasted their time over it because – What you have to understand about recruiting and what everybody ought to understand about recruiting is that coaches get told no a lot more than they get told yes. They're going to offer 150 or so players every single recruiting cycle. They'll get maybe 15% of those committed. Yeah. Has OU landed a player via NIL? Can you think of a player that the Sooners have gotten because of NIL? That being the main reason. Or kept players due to NIL. Well, like Danny Stutzman or Billy Bowman? Instance, yes. or, if OU isn't playing the NIL game, do you think Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman and Woody Washington are all back this year? Yeah. And, you know, maybe they're going to do that more for proven players they want to come back because those were three big additions. Uh, for Oklahoma coming back. But can you think of anybody that hasn't been on the field for Oklahoma and has performed pretty well that Oklahoma has gotten just with, with NIL as the main factor? I offhand cannot think of a player that Oklahoma got with NIL as the main factor. They kind of got into an NIL battle with Nebraska for Walter Rouse. Mm -hmm. That was a thing. Yeah, that may be the one, right? Yeah, OU ended up winning. Good good call. I forgot about that. Yeah, but like even so, yeah, and the tax line was quick with that, Walter Rouse. Outside of that? Good call, 402. Yeah, I'd forgotten because he was committed to the Huskers, as you said, and then, boom, he's at Oklahoma. So, 
Um, he was obviously a guy they they really wanted, right? Yeah, Chapstick says, for most kids and coaches, recruiting is all about how many no's you can stand before getting the one yes you're looking for. And I, uh, this 918 listener says they haven't because Brent said it repeatedly that NIL was not going to be the main factor in any recruitment. Yeah, you've heard it from yeah, that coach. You're right, like yeah. They, and we've talked about that, that it was going to be relationship, you know, uh, oriented, not transactional. But it does appear that with Walter Rouse, that might have been an exception. Yeah, and Walter Rouse has been asked many a time about why he chose Oklahoma over Nebraska. And yes, while NIL was involved, there was there was also plenty to like about Oklahoma for, from his perspective outside of just the money. So, yes, he got paid a good deal to spend his last year of collegiate eligibility at the University of Oklahoma. No question about it. But... They were they were ready. They they pushed a lot of chips on the table for Caden Green too, right? Yeah. And <laughs> Midzoo had more, I guess, or they were, you know, but they were willing to to go there. But that what a strange deal that was. Missouri. I saw Eli Drinkwitz was back out at least Summit North this morning. Really? Uh-huh. We are going to have to uh, – you need to t- tell – call Jamar Mosey and ask him a simple question. What school did you graduate from? He graduated from Nichols University oh, it was, in Louisiana. That, so he didn't get his – okay. But ask him if he believes Crimson still. Okay. Or we'll have to uh, sick somebody because these Lee, Lee Summit kids, the pipeline burst is what happened. The pipeline did okay. It burst with Winery. I mean, you get Kamari Moore. I get that. He's coming there into the 2025 n- class, but. There was never a pipeline. There was a budding pipeline. We were getting ready to get some big-time oil from that pipeline. Winery was the guy you needed if you wanted to call it a pipeline because at that point you would have had commits in three straight classes from Lee's Summit North. But look, like Caden Green flipping to Mizzou or transferring to Mizzou, uh, excuse me, hasn't impacted Kamari Moore's recruitment at all. He's still locked in. Yeah, that's right. So now the question is what happens with Jamar's kid, Ike? And from there – I'm sure a lot of narratives will be dismissed and or bolstered, depending on the outcome of his recruitment. There you go. All right, 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. Big Rich, Caden Green's dad made that choice, not Caden. Well, if you believe what Caden said, he said, talk to my dad. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> looks that way. <laughs> talk to my dad. These parents... You know what? Go out and earn your own money, okay? Then you don't have to rely on your kid, you know? It's great that your kid's going to make a lot of NIL dollars, but don't be that parent. Is that Carl Carl's Jr.? And uh, Jamar Mosey, what he needs to do is he needs to get a call from a Sooner Nation enforcer and say, you know, we're watching this situation, right? You're expected to do better. The pipeline needs to start piping. All right, going to take a break right here. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
All right, if you're in your 40s or older, you're thinking about improving your vision, starting to get a little bit out of focus, a little blurry, well, we have an answer. Let me introduce you to the new LASIK. We call it lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent fix to your vision needs, unlike LASIK, which many times will leave patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision. Lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear after your surgery. And the best part of the whole deal with lens replacement, you're never going to need a cataract surgery after that. Never going to need a cataract surgery. Lens replacement, the new LASIK, is a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. That is thenewlasik.com. All right, um, 2025 class. Right now, Oklahoma has uh, Kevin Sperry from Carl Albert, Marcus James from Carl Albert, Trene Washington from Carl Albert, uh, Jaden Nickens from Millwood, Elijah Thomas, Wide receiver from Chicota. You've got Grayson Harris, uh, receiver from Ennis, Texas. Kamari Moore from uh, Lee's Summit, defensive lineman. Owen Hollenbach, the O-lineman from Melissa, Texas. Was he teammates with Nigel Smith? He was. Okay. And Alexander Shield Knight, the edge rush prospect from Wagner. You have also uh, projected that Kobe Sellers, four-star cornerback from Pearland, Texas, will end up in that class. How are you feeling? Obviously, I think the Sooners, the last I checked, they were third in in one of the services. How are you feeling about this 2025 class? They're off to a really good start, obviously, but could this class potentially be the best class that Brent signs? It It could. Don't get me wrong. I'm not betting on it because I think it will be a smaller class as far as quantity even if not an inferior class as far as quality. I, I I really like each of the nine guys that Oklahoma has committed. I think they is there, took... is there a David Stone, Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen prospect? We mentioned one that's going to be a junior day. Yeah. But how about potential five stars that could perhaps land in this class? I'll bet Oklahoma gets two of them. All right. I'll give them two five stars. And they would be? I think the guys that they have the best odds with right now would be Jonah Williams and Michael Fasusi. Okay. But regardless of who it is, I'll bet you Oklahoma signs a pair of five stars. Now, that said, I I have been told by multiple sources that this class will be in the neighborhood of 20 to 22 players for Oklahoma. Not going to be a huge one. Obviously, they signed 26 in the 22 cycle and 27. I'm sorry, 26 in the 23 cycle and 27 in the 24 cycle. Uh, This one probably not going to be any bigger than 22. There might be some wiggle room there, uh, depending on who wants to come along, commit to Oklahoma, and who you're willing to make room for. But the Oklahoma staff kind of has designs on this being a more intimate class there you go all right i know you and uh, parker can talk a lot more about that uh during locked in coming up but wanted to get your uh your take on how it's shaping up it got off to a really good start early all the kids from carl albert obviously a lot of in-state kids in this class uh already but uh, certainly a good start to 2025 for ou 
405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. This listener in the 402 says, Caden Green is going to get the Brecken Hager treatment next year, especially with the way some of the 24 recruits were talking around signing day. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. I think that Caden uh, Green is tougher than Brecken Hager. Yes, no doubt. And I also, like... I don't think the Oklahoma locker room begrudges Caden Green over what happened. Uh, they don't begrudge at all? No, I really don't. Man, Steely, I'm a big because, begrudger. Well, I know. I know. You still begrudge Mule Shoe oh, two yeah. and a half years later. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Caden Green is the target of any frustrations that the Sooner players will have come next November 9th. Now, there's obviously going to be a little bit of extra motivation because not only are you going up against a former teammate in Caden Green, but you're going up against Williams Winery and you're mm-hmm. going up against Eli Drinkwitz. I don't know if I could handle a loss to Missouri. And, of course, this is going to be like their best team in a long time, and you got to go to freaking Columbia, that little bandbox field that they have. I mean, ah. <laughs> Missouri. It's like a gnat that won't leave. You know, you're like, get out of here. That could be, uh, that's going to be a challenging game. There's no doubt. It will be. I mean, we were thinking that Eli was going to go like maybe seven and five, eight and four at best, right? Before the season. And of course, they had that freaking, you know, Justin Tucker like field goal kicker who made like, what was the one against Kansas State? Was it like 57 yards to it win it? It was 61, 61 to win that football game. Yes. And not only that, but they just happened to have a walk-on transfer running back from Truman State University who, who ends up the top Burles 10 in award. the Heisman yeah. voting. You know what? And it should have been Drake Stoops. So there's another reason. They stole Drake Stoops' Burlesworth trophy. They stole Drake Stoops' trophy. They stole Caden Green. And now these puny little Missouri wimps are on social media acting like they won something. KW918 says, I begrudge Steely for his overwhelming love of Oklahoma State. And I was going to ratio him, but I don't have Twitter. (laughs) All right. Um, Who do you begrudge, Parker? Is there anybody? I try not to begrudge anyone. Oh, come on. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not successful in every case. It's good for your mental health to just hold grudges, man. It works out really well. There are a few folks I hold grudges against, but I would never publicly admit to it because I'm not trying to start beef. How about Mule Shoe? Still? I do not begrudge Mule Shoe. You did begrudge him, though, right? I'm sure for a period of time there I did. I do not begrudge him anymore because he is failing. Someday I'm going to have to have a long talk with this kid. All right? Just saying. We need... I see where Cliff Kingsbury is going to be interviewing for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator post. That is true. That's a story out there. And as soon as they hire Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to do away with Matt Eberflus, and it'll be Mule Shoe to Chicago as their next head coach. It's the conspiracy theory. Um, Jay in Tulsa asks, Hey, Parker, Fasusi is indeed visiting mid-zoo. Confirm or deny uh, that I can confirm. Fasusi, what uh, what position? He's an offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. 
potential Italian restaurant owner? Uh, I don't You'd go to Fasucci's, so. wouldn't you? Is he Italian? Kind of Fasucci? No, that's, Fasucci. that's an African name. Fasucci. Okay, I yes. was thinking there was going to be some good spaghetti and meatballs, perhaps, but... Perhaps That's Phil Pachotti's restaurant, yes. though, right? Now, Phil Pachotti has the monopoly. Pachotti's would sounds like a great place down the road. If he becomes a great I'd player, go to no, Pachotti's. No doubt. Hey, man, you want to go to Pachotti's tonight? Yeah, sounds good. That'd be the hangout, baby. That'd be the new uh, Louis. Louis is the campus corner hangout. You know what? Louis is just... still a solid place to go eat. Louis is awesome. You but... know what? TJ, I saw the TJ Perry family, Katie and Bronx, when Shay and I went there, and it's always good yeah can't go wrong with louis but that said i would walk right past louis to patronize pachatis pachatis sounds like it'd be a little more expensive meal but not necessarily maybe i don't know I well, see i'd it'd spend be... a couple extra bucks for it yeah it, that does sound like a good restaurant that He's going into the restaurant business, I'm sure, right? With that last name, you have Has to. to. You know? Has to. Kenny from the 405 wants to know, what are OU's odds on Caden Proctor? Kenny? Zero? Their odds are zero. Zero. Who is the uh, tight end from Miami that's getting, uh, like, has been nine years? In- yeah, Cam McCormick. He was in the same recruiting class as Jalen Hurts. Gee, many Christmas. I mean, we're going to have senior citizens playing college football pretty soon, right? I mean, I know the COVID years are going away, but. There was that. Uh, well, he's a 12th year junior this year, Bill. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's got like three or four injury waivers plus the COVID year. That's why he's playing year nine. Started out at the University of Oregon and is now at the University of Miami. But, you know, there was that. Uh, it was like this 48-year-old guy or something like that a few years ago that played running back at, like, Savannah State. Really? Or something like that. Like, joined the football program and saw game action. I think it was Savannah State or one of those, one of those states down there in the southeast. But yeah, he hmm. was, like, 48 playing running back. Wow. That's amazing. All right, 405-651-3439. Vinny Paul says, Pachati sounds like a New York deli. Yeah, it could work as a New York deli, too. All right, we got a break right here, 405-651-3439. Can you believe the Dallas Cowboys are keeping Mike McCarthy? Well, with Jerry Jones as the owner, yes, but if I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm like, got to be kidding me. Skip Bayless actually had some good comments. You know, not one of the corny videos where he's throwing a jersey in the trash can. We'll talk about that when we get back here on The Ref. Okay, hour number two presented by Oklahoma Generator, OKGen.com, 405-321-6631, Oklahoma's highest rated, longest operating Generac dealer. OKGen.com, 405-321-6631. Dallas Cowboys are bringing Mike McCarthy back after that debacle over the weekend where the Green Bay Packers, the uh, youngest team in the NFL, stood on business at Jerry World. Can we still say that? Trampled the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that's an Eli saying. I know. It feels like saying we're close. I'm going to take that back. Three, two, one. 
The Green Bay Packers went into Jerry World and kicked the Cowboys' ass. <laughs> Big time. Well done. Big time. He made the most of that second chance, Thank folks. you. Thank you very much. And Skip Bayless on, uh, what's his show? Undisputed now, right? They got yeah, because nobody will dispute him. That's right. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson on. And uh, here's what Skip, you knew he was going to be very upset. Here's Skip Bayless talking about Mike McCarthy coming back. Mike McCarthy, since that long ago Super Bowl that you mentioned 14 years ago, he's 6-9 and nine in the postseason since then. Okay. He's 1-3 and three as the head coach of the Dallas okay. Cowboys in the postseason. This is the most valuable team in the world. It is still called America's team, but they got no chance to win a Super Bowl under Jerry Jones at age 81 because he just sent a message to that locker room that the unacceptable was completely acceptable. I don't think he sent the message because yes, he did. those all players in there respect their head coach. There's no urgency in that locker room. There's no good fear factor. Nobody's walking on any eggshells. Maybe there's not. Maybe there's not a player that has that type of personality that has that edge that they had once upon a time. There is okay. no Charles Haley in that locker room. Nope. There's no Michael, no Michael Irvin, Irvin in that locker room. room. There's no Troy Aikman in that locker There's room. There's no Troy Aikman in that locker yeah. room. But that ain't Mike McCarthy. Those personalities came to Dallas. Okay. Jimmy Johnson didn't create those personalities. That is not a mentally tough football team. That starts from the top, starts with the head coach. You know it, and I know it. There you go. That was a fairly solid exchange for uh, Skip and Keyshawn Johnson. Now, Keyshawn Johnson, I think, also made some good points. Is there anybody in that locker room? Because Charles Haley was a bad man. Michael Irvin, he wasn't afraid to let you know how he felt. Troy, of course, also was a was a good leader as well. well. Do they have any of those guys in the locker room? Well, this kind of goes back to the conversation we were having yesterday, Steely. Like, guys like that? in professional sports in general have only gotten fewer and further and further far between. Yeah. Like the Charles Haley's and Michael Irvin's, they don't exist anymore. Not just in Dallas, but anywhere. I'm trying to think of who would be that guy, right? That, I don't know. Would it be JJ Watt or TJ Watts or receiver wise, who would be that guy? Here is my. But those those Cowboy teams that Keyshawn talked about, Jimmy Johnson was great, yes, but they did have some guys that they were going to let you know, and they were not going to be happy if you didn't play well. Here is my completely unbiased opinion on the Dallas Cowboys. I don't give a crap about the Cowboys. Never have, never mm-hmm. will. I could not care less whether they win or whether they lose. But my completely unbiased third-party opinion is that Dak Prescott has been done a major disservice throughout the entirety of his career. And I believe he has plenty of potential as a signal caller that has not yet been unlocked because he's been working hand-in-hand with two of the most milk toast offensive minds in the entire NFL for the last decade. Am I off base? You didn't like Kellen Moore? I was talking more about Jason Garrett. Oh, the head coach. Okay. Kellen Moore, he's all right. Like, he's an upgrade over Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. I'm okay with Kellen Moore. Look, to me, and and people say, well, as long as Jerry's there, it's not going to change. Well, Jerry is going to die as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, would be my opinion, unless he loses his complete faculties or something. 
because he lives to be the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't know, man. I am not one for just, you know, immediately. when. Some, but, but this has been happening for too long now. Do you think that they uh, maybe tried to talk to Harbaugh or Belichick or somebody else and got – Sounds like Belichick's going to Atlanta. Good Lord. Which – I tweeted this earlier, mm-hmm. but if we have learned anything from recent history, it's that when the Patriots part ways with a legend who then lands in the NFC South, said legend ends up winning the breakup very quickly. Well, and maybe they did reach out to those guys. I don't know, but those guys are, they don't seem like the kind of guys that would work with Jerry. Yeah. You well, know? And I I generally advocate patience with head coaches at the collegiate level is because they have a lot more to do with roster construction than NFL head coaches. NFL head coaches don't have to recruit, right? And they don't have to negotiate in free agency. They don't have to be responsible for any of that. All they got to do is oversee the product that's on the field. Unless you're Bill Belichick doing a head coach, general manager joint gig. But I, I do not believe that Mike McCarthy is the guy for the Dallas Cowboys because when you cultivate a pattern as a coach and not just talking about the last three years, but you look at his tenure in Green Bay, for instance, this was constant. Aaron Rodgers carried that Packers team to a Super Bowl in, what, 2010? But ever since then, Mike McCarthy has developed a reputation as a guy that gets to the postseason might win a game, and then his teams are out. Yeah. Yeah, he has had that reputation. Um, you know, I thought this was finally going to be the last straw. I thought this was finally going to be it. But, no, he's coming back. So Cherokee Sooner says, I don't give a crap about the Cowboys. Parker is a man after my own heart. <laughs> Love that. 405 listener says, Jerry lives to be the story, the face of the Cowboys, and therein is the issue. It's more about Jerry than football and winning football games. I, I will say I have never seen an owner that is more out there in the public eye on behalf of their franchise more than Jerry Jones. Who now, are some owners like Mark Cuban for a while with the Mavericks? But you're talking about football owners. Yeah. Al Davis, man. You talk about a Maverick. Al Davis was the man. Al Davis lived for the silver and black and the Raiders. But, yeah, Jerry would be that guy now. I'm trying to think of uh, any other owners that uh, would rival him in that department. He's done some creepy things, too. He has done some creepy things. Creepy old man things. <laughs> it's such, it's so wrong. But Somebody in the middle of the game, there was some stand-up comedian that in the middle of the Cowboys' resounding loss to Green Bay this past weekend tweeted i haven't seen jerry jones this upset since they passed the civil rights act (laughs) oh my gosh all right oh man al davis would be my man that dude everything about the old school raiders was badass from snake stabler to lester hayes and fred bolidnikoff to the stork ted Hendricks. the stork that Mm -hmm. was his nickname yeah he was with the Colts for a while, but uh, the Raiders, Al Davis, that dude, slick back hair, shades, jogging suit, Raiders logo. 
That was the dude. All right, we got to get uh, out of here for this segment, and we've got one more segment to go. 405-651-3439. We're going to get locked in at the top of the hour. Tyler jumps in here with Parker. A lot of recruiting, portal stuff happening for that hour, of course, here on uh, on the ref from 2 to 3. Keep it here. We're coming right back. All right, you want to get out to Riverwind Casino today because this is the last day to play in their first down in Neon Town promotion. That's where you can win one of five trips to the uh, Super Bowl in Vegas, January 18th, last day. You want to rack up as many points as you can on your wild card, your Riverwind wild card. If you're one of the top five patrons who uh, earns the most points on your wild card playing on specific gaming machines out there, and they are labeled, you can't miss the signage around the machines. Plenty of really cool people out at Riverwind that will point you in the right direction. But get out there and earn as many points as you can today because the top five patrons are all going to win trips to the 2020-2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas. That includes tickets to the game, your airfare, great hotel, ground transportation, and they're even going to throw in $1,000 in cash. So get out there and uh, try and close the deal. Be one of the top five. Win a trip again to the uh, Super Bowl in Las Vegas and the first down in Neon Town promotion from our friends at Riverwind Casino. Today is the last day, and a lot of times people think, ah, there's no way, you know, that I can win this promotion. I haven't been out there. You'd be surprised sometimes. A lot of people think that way. Get out there. Earn as many points in your wild card as you can, and maybe you'll be one of the top five point earners and be headed to the Super Bowl in Vegas, courtesy of our friends at the one and only Riverwind Casino. All right, the Thunder playing at Utah tonight. Oklahoma City dropped uh, back-to-back games to the Lakers and to the Clippers, and Paul George went off the other night. Oklahoma City is still number two in the West. Uh, Utah currently nine in the West. Uh, J.J. Reddick on his podcast is wondering, might Oklahoma City make a move later for a specific Utah Jazz player? By all accounts, this team is ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule. On top of that, (laughs) they've got a treasure trove of draft picks. Like, they are as well positioned as any team to make a big move. Should they? Are they close enough? Right now, would they be close enough with one big move to potentially be a championship-level te- team this year? Markinen to me, would be a pretty damn good fit. Again, you get more positional size at the four. I think his ability to stretch and shoot, his ability to rebound, he can score in sc- inside. The idea of Shea, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Markinen, and Chet Holmgren, that's a pretty damn good lineup. So we'll see uh, what happens down the road by the trade deadline. Pascal Siakam again. It looks like the deal again with Indiana. There have been some talk about maybe Siakam would be a guy that Oklahoma City would look at. But Lori Markinen, seven-footer out of the University of Arizona, 26 years old, averaging this year for Utah, 24 points, nine boards, and two assists per game. He's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 88% from the line. Would be a good addition. And Oklahoma City, as J.J. Reddick said, man, they've still got a lot of draft picks, a ton of draft picks. So maybe pay a little attention to Lori Markinen again uh, tonight in this matchup. So we'll see. Scary Gary wants to know, Parker, who's your favorite Longhorn not named Steely? 
Hmm. And who's your least favorite Sooner not named Lincoln? All love Steely just giving you a hard time. That's fine. Um, fine. Who's your favorite Longhorn of all time? Justin Tucker. How can you not like Justin Tucker? Hmm. Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker to ever do it, and he's an opera singer. A man of many talents. I didn't know he was. Did, an, oh, have I, you not seen that? I have not seen that. I that's. Oh yeah, he's like an incredible vocalist. So he could sing like Ave Maria or something. Yes. Wow. Yes, and if he did, you'd be like, holy smokes. But yes, Justin Tucker is my favorite Longhorn. My least favorite Sooner, not named Lincoln. I formed this opinion based solely on a first impression. But it's been my only impression to this point. It's Josh Heupel. Because Josh Heupel big-timed me the one time I ever met him. Hmm. You got big-timed by Josh Heupel. We were standing around at a coach's convention in the spring, or January of 2022, just about two years ago. And Jeff Levy had just been hired as the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And... I walked up to Josh Heupel, introduced myself. We small talked for a little while. He was just kind of standing there, scrolling on his phone with Kevin Wilson, actually. Mm -hmm. It was him and Kevin Wilson. And I asked Josh, "Um, hey, could I I ask you a couple of questions about Jeff Levy? Because, you know, I cover Oklahoma, and he's uh, obviously just been hired as the offensive coordinator. And he goes... No, I wouldn't like to do that. And walks away. Hmm. All right. But he did talk to you for a while. Or did he, like, talk to you while he was looking at his phone? Yeah, I I did most of the talking. So you said what? And, I mean, before the question, just he introduced yourself and he's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I tried to, because, you know, I have a lot of family from South Dakota. Mm -hmm. So I tried to find some common ground with him in that regard. Uh, he was just kind of standoffish about it all. Hmm. And so finally I, I just decided, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I'll, I'll just ask him straight up if he wouldn't mind answering a couple questions. So I did, and he was like, nope, and walked off. Did you tell him you had a lifetime supply of Olipop? I did not. You didn't have Olipop. the Olipop deal? Olipop and I weren't a thing at uh, that point. Okay, that could have, could have been a game changer right there. I've heard a couple stories like that. Sometimes, you know, you uh, you run into somebody who's having a bad day, right? But I get it why, you know, people coming up to you all the time, it's got to be challenging. Hey, like if you're Bob Stoops. Hey, Bob, I remember that Roy Williams play, man. You know, how many times do you think Bob Stoops gets that? Probably quite anywhere. Maybe Bob Stoops has a bad day someday. Scary Gary says, same. Hypo was the biggest jerk at my third grade day of champions camp, LOL. Wouldn't even let me yawn at 8 a.m. Are we going to get now? It's going to be. Tyler's going to be inundated with the uh, Josh Heupel stories because remember when we did this one once before people started chiming in Cherokee sooner says we need Heupel to come on the show before the Tennessee game to squash the beef. Listen, I'm down to squash the beef again. I try not to hold grudges, but it was a very ignominious first impression of Josh Heupel for me real quick, Josh Heupel story. So when he left and he, I think the dolphins released him, uh, that may have been his last yeah. shot in the NFL. 
And he was doing pregame shows with him, and he did a fine job. There was a lot of coach speak, but he was a nice guy. But I remember he had a cast on one of his – was it his right – maybe his left arm. I can't remember. But anyway, guy comes, hey, Josh, man, I got a football I'd like you to sign. Walks up to the stage. We were at the old O'Connell's. He goes, I'd like to sign, but I got this cast on my hand. Well, sign it with your other hand, man. <laughs> sign it with your other hand. And, you know, this guy's about to fall over. He's had like 75 coors already. So he probably got a lot of that. So, hypo. Hypo stories are coming in. Yes, we need to squash the beef. Squash the beef. All right, thank you, Riverwind Casino. Thank you, Oklahoma Generator. Locked in, coming up next.